Sabah al-Khair, Sabah al-Yasmin. This morning from Bethlehem under lockdown again, I wanted to talk to you about something fun. Food memories. And maybe you'll have more than one episode about those, but for this morning it's eclectic. It's a bit of memories in Palestine, a bit of memories abroad. It's when I was young, it's when I was older. But it's a lot of fun. And I'm happy to dive into these memories with you. The first memory that, that always comes to mind, because it's a funny one, um, and it's not about eating or cooking, but it's about being a little pest. Um, I was quite young. We were in Paris. My grandparents were entertaining some people from the friends of theirs, from the French nobility, who I utterly disliked. So I think it was already my Republican spirit ingrained there. And I insisted on doing service. And my grandparents were very happy, they are proud, because, you know, I, I've always wanted to be in the field of food and since, since very, very, very young. And they thought it was, it was quite cute, and, but I refused to wear shoes. So what I did is I would serve these very fancy canapes to their guests and then sit down and play with my toes. And then I'd do it again. And they were so polite, they, they didn't say anything, but you could see how horrified they were of that little Palestinian kid being not respected. I loved it. And it's a memory you know, I, I always get told about, and I... I, I loved it. I really enjoyed being that little pest. But let's go back to food, to real food, to stuff that's tasty, that's nice. There's another memory. I, I, I don't know where it comes from because I can't place it totally, but I have snippets of it. And it's also young. South of Bethlehem, there's a village called Al Khadr, which is St. George. And in that village, there's a church where people would offer an animal sacrifice. So you would ask for for something, and if it happened, you would sacrifice a sheep, a, um, you know, whatever, chicken. <clears throat> and then the, the meat would be donated to the poor. And I remember going with my grandmother. So I, I can't remember the context at all. But going there, and she had bought the, the slump, and... The, the lamb is slaughtered. It's quite gruesome because there's a bit of the blood that's put on the wall, on a hand. So you, you dip your hand in and then you put it on the wall. Um, it, it's that bit of religious practice which is quite pagan and which I think is beautifully inscribed in our tradition here of, of all monotheistic religions that, that have retained a bit of this you know, local pagan identity. Um, and then the, the, the butcher cuts up the animal and one of the people present says, Oh, but you know, I, I want the kidney or was it the liver? I can't remember. And that person slices it up and eats it 
fresh. Like, I mean, the, the, it can't be fresher than this. This takes me to, to what I do when I go to the market today to my butchers, to the fantastic Natcha family. And when I'm accompanied by friends, by guests at the guest house, by people who've joined a food tour, I ask for liver and I slice it very thinly, put a bit, bit of lemon juice, a bit of salt, bit of olive oil, and I feed it myself to people. And I think it's fantastic. I mean, it does taste fantastic. The texture is wonderful. But also, what chef would feed in the market his guests a slice of raw liver if I didn't know where the animals were kept, how they were kept, in what conditions they were kept, both in terms of hygiene, but also in terms of animals not being cooped up in a horrible, massive farm, and then the hygiene of the actual butchers and, and their place. And I think it's, it's fantastic. Uh, it just reminds me of that childhood incident. <laughs> Another funny one, which I'm sure he will be very upset that I'm sharing it with you, is one about my little brother. So my I have a younger brother who's 12 years younger than me, Kareem, who's a, an accomplished, fantastic writer. But as a kid, he he was quite cynical. I think he's still cynical. And, and he still has this very sharp um, seeing of things and, and, and saying things. So we, we were in Paris with my parents. And we went off to... A chef had just taken over a restaurant in one of the beautiful Paris hotels. And they were doing a menu de dégustation where you, the chef was given a carte blanche and he would show his, his talents. And, and so we started off and then I, Karim was sitting opposite me and he, he was quite young and he was looking at, you know, the dishes coming by and he tastes, in the beginning he tastes and then he tasted less and he wasn't very convinced. By the time we get to dessert, he looks at his dessert and basically his dessert was, if I remember correctly, uh, tomato confit with a, an olive oil sorbet. And, you know, you're giving this to a kid who's like six or seven or, or at ten. And he just looks at us and says, oh, excuses himself and goes off to the bathroom, supposedly. And he comes back a few minutes later, smelling very strongly of onions. And my mother says, where are you going? We thought you went to the loo. And he'd actually walked out of the hotel, gone next door, bought a shawarma sandwich, eaten the shawarma sandwich, and came back because he just was not convinced by the talents of the chef. It's often this happens so much with people that just have a real reaction to food. And, you know, you're, you're being served something that is not enjoyable, that you're not liking. And you, you feel you're just going through some test ground. I, I get this with molecular cuisine. I... Very often when I've tried, because I stopped trying, molecular cuisine, I, it's interesting once, it's interesting twice, but then you get to a point where it's just like, come on, give me that piece of meat. I mean, please, or give me that, that vegetable, because we have fantastic products. We're lucky as humanity to have really beautiful produce to work with. We're lucky to be blessed with things as, as sacred as olive oil and 
cream and butter and uh, seafood. That's that's great. And I mean everything and meat and the vegetables and the pulses. There's no limit to, to the pleasures of of the terroirs offering us great produce. Speaking of seafood, I one of my my memories of seafood is. I've always loved oysters, and I, as a kid, I just think they're they're great. Until I went to the U.S., and a friend of ours takes us out to dinner, and they serve oysters. So I pick oysters on the menu, and I get served my first cooked, baked, warm oysters. And that's the moment I I realize that traditional American food. It's not about the produce, or wasn't. I mean, things have changed totally, but it wasn't about the produce. It was about how much fat you can get into something and how much you can change its taste. And that's why we ended up with things like fettuccine alfredo and baked oysters with, with some cheese. I mean, remembering it just makes me feel sick. It, it It's horrible. I think... A lot of the best meals I've had, of the best tastes of things I've had, are things that were real. I very much remember, so we're on the um, Radio Al-Hara, usually at, at 11 in the morning on the weekends, and that's where most probably you're hearing this, or you're hearing it on the podcast. Um, so, Lias and Yusuf, who are part of the founders of Radio Al-Hara, and our great architects and designers. And I'm actually talking to you sitting on uh, a great bench they've designed from local industries. Um, they love food too. And I remember going to a place in Paris that did these humongous Côte de Boeuf without anything much. They just grilled the Côte de Boeuf, but they grilled them to perfection. And... Once with, with Lias and Yusuf, and there was a few friends that were there. And then another time, Yusuf and I alone, and we get there and we sit down at the table. Oh, we, we want to cut the buff. And then when the waiter comes up with a little board where there was the starters of the day, we get tempted by one, then two starters. Like, oh, you know what? We'll have the starters. We'll have the cut the buff. We're not going to have a dessert. And we, Kutubuf, they advise that it's for three to four people. So there was two of us. We had the starters, we had the Kutubuf, and then we couldn't resist dessert. And we had a dessert. And then we went on talking and had a couple of coffees and then had a second dessert. So these are the meals I enjoy, where the produce is respected, where the flavors you have are the flavors of the produce. They're not flavors of something out of a bottle, something out of a can. Um, another one of my memories, and, and that's a Palestinian one in Palestine, is Kusa'ati. I've, I've become obsessed, actually, with this one. There was a kid, there was a lady, an older lady in Bethlehem, who would dry the courgettes and dry the eggplants like we today dry the okra, dry the tomatoes, so sun dry them 
with a bit of salt them and sun dry them. And then she would rehydrate them when they were out of season, stuff them and cook them like the stuffed courgettes and, and eggplants. And that's a memory I, 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 I haven't managed to find anybody who knows that recipe until quite recently where a friend of hers actually managed to give us an idea of, of what to do. And we've dried our first courgettes. I've actually cooked a few and they're fantastic, but they're not the taste of what she used to do. I, I think there's, you know, recipes that are quite particular to an era, to an epoch, to a place that, that cannot easily be retranscribed elsewhere 20, 30, 40 years later in a different setting. And of course, without the, the touch of that person who cooked them. As a kid, we'd often go to a family um, that was living in, in Bethlehem, um, relatives of ours, and they, they had this fantastic garden where there was almond trees and figs and olives. And one of the ladies who, who worked there ra had a taboon in the back of the house, and the taboon is the traditional, one of the traditional breads done in Palestine. So it had rocks, and you'd light up a fire. Once the fire had simmered down, and it was very, very hot, you'd have the rocks boiling hot, and then the dough is just put on top and bakes on both sides. And I've never, ever managed to taste a boon that's the same, because it had that spontaneous smokiness. It had that real heat that was there. The taboon today is, is nice. It's very nice. But the one of that memory is exceptional. Then another one which I really like is in my grandparents. So my paternal grandparents. Uh, I was unlucky not to be able to meet my grandmother. She she passed away when I before I was born. But my grandfather lived in the family house with his cousin and his aunt and um so that there was four of them, four katans. And we'd often come for for meals with my grandfather and, and the other relatives. And they had a great cook. There was two great cooks. So they they themselves cooked. And then there was these two ladies, um Khadra, who was um elderly lady quite traditional, wore the thob, had something that fascinated me as a kid, had these tattoos on her face. And Mzuzu, who was less traditional, but, but they cooked stuff, I mean, they cooked a bit of everything. So they cooked very Palestinian dishes, and then they cooked dishes that one of the, the aunts who was living there would 
bring or had brought from mainly from Italy because we had a lot of family intermarriages with the Italians. But one of the dishes I remember there very well was warat dawali, so stuffed vine leaves, and masarin, which are the stuffed intestines. And karshat. Karshat are the stomachs that are stuffed with rice, chickpeas and meat, and cooked in laban, so the laban jamid, which is a dried yogurt. But the wara and masarin, it's it's like I'm talking to you now from that same house, because that's where I live today. And I can just see images. I can smell it in the kitchen. I can remember biting into these vine leaves and stuffed inter- intestines. Pure pleasure. Nothing but pleasure. Today you get people that are like, oh, but I don't eat intestines. Like, come on, guys. This is wonderful. This is what our food is about. This is about what all food is about across the world. It's food that's communal, food that's from the families, food that's gone down from generation to generation. It's not about recipes only. It's not about a written-up recipe. It's about the memory, the pleasure, uh, the people, the people, the people, the people who cooked it, the people who ate it with you, the, the place you ate it. it. It's all of that together, and it's wonderful. I, I'm talking to you, and I'm getting emotional and hungry, and and the two are, are quite a dangerous combination because I may end up cooking a recipe that I think I remember and it, it won't come out right because I won't grasp the, the memory. Another one I, I like. Um, one of the things my father did when I was young, um, him and the company, um, sold electric generators. And... Some of the smaller Palestinian villages at the time did not have electricity. So when they saw the generator, it was the arrival of electricity in the, in the village and the company would be invited for meal, um, offered by the village. Uh, and each one of the villages would usually cook something that was very much their traditional dish. And I remember finding out about dalats as a kid. So dalat are the are the ribs of a sheep, uh, but it's the whole, the two sides, and they're there, or sometimes people cut it in the, in the middle, and they're stuffed with rice and meat, and then the whole thing is wrapped in aluminium foil um, and cooked at slow heat for a few hours. And then once you, it gets out, you, you eat it. I mean, you're supposed to use a fork, but as a kid, mm, difficult to be convinced to use a fork when you have something that, that looks so delicious. So you just poke your finger on the side and it falls off. The meat is butter. It's delicious. Sabah al-khair. I wish you a fantastic day. 
I hope I didn't bore you too much with my food memories and me going off into those emotional spaces. But I think it's the same with all of you. Food sends you back not only to childhood, but to a lot of realities, a few memories that are heartwarming. I wish you all a safe and great day. Sabah Yasmin.